0: On today's episode, I want to talk about the commoditization of steel in the watch industry. I hope all is well and that you've had a great week. Uh, For me, I've had the worst cold imaginable. I have a full house right now. I've got tons of relatives. They're all older. They're all sick. I was playing nurse to all of them. It was crazy. And I finally... um, was taken down by something just getting over it now I'm sure you can hear it in my voice definitely keep hydrated and stay stay well these days you never know what's coming after you uh so thankfully i'm getting i'm on the other side of it it's just more audible than anything else uh thank god the infection is gone and i can resume my life and and do things like this. As I mentioned, I want to talk about the commoditization of stainless steel in the watch industry. Um, it's just an incredible thing when you think about it. That, especially when I was growing up, uh, selling watches in the early '90s, uh, you know, gold, platinum, white gold, rose gold, yellow gold, uh, you know, all of the different metals, precious metals, were the most coveted um and there there were premiums on those um obviously because they have a value and then obviously the watch industries at, you know they they want to take their uh their full advantage of that fact and so they charge their premiums on top of that um i'm sure if you were to actually weigh the gold content of what you're actually getting it's nowhere near what they charge but hey that's uh welcome to the watch world um so, but in the last, I'd say, 15 years, really, it's, and and we have Rolex to thank for this. Um, they have made stainless steel their most desirable, their most collectible, um, because it's an accessible metal, and it's a metal that is, it looks like, it looks like white gold, it looks like platinum, um, and you know, it's wearable and it's also their least expensive thing to manufacture. Most brands, um, make stainless steel for utilitarian everyday watches. And, uh, there's nothing new about that, but to make it more desirable than a precious metal, that's to me says everything. Um, now it's one thing that Rolex started doing it with their, you know, sports line, the Submariners, the Daytonas, their GMT masters. But for Patek Philippe and for Audemars Piguet uh, to do it, as well as other very high-end brands that are not mainstream. Um, and um, you may ask, why is it? Why is it that these, these brands, Langa and Zunu, obviously a mainstream high-end luxury brand, one of the finest in the world, uh, their most desirable watch is stainless steel, even though they're his- historically they've made watches in precious metals. Um, and same for Paddock and same for Autumn RPK. Um, but, you know, you're seeing the premiums on these watches, um, you know, when you look at them. It's just remarkable when you look at, like, a Patek Philippe that's $60,000 retail and went as high as 350000 in the pandemic, and it's a stainless steel watch, or a Daytona that's 14 to 15,000 retail, and it went as high as 50,000 plus in in the height of the pandemic. I mean, it's outrageous and it's insane. And so many other brands have followed suit because of it. Um, to make an an everyday metal that's the most inexpensive to manufacture and produce and work with has become the most collectible, sought after, and hard to get. So. Um, it baffles me every time. And obviously there are other alloys that, you know, other brands use, whether it be titanium or carbon fiber or bronze or um, ceramic or a mixture of alloys, tantalum. You know, there's so many different forged carbon. I mean, there's so many different uh, alloys that are available that are, that the watch companies use today. But when you think about it, Um, stainless steel has been around for a very long time. Um, it's something that they've used for a very long time also to make, you know, it more of an accessible metal to the general public. But even that is no longer accessible to the general public or easy to get, especially amongst the most desirable mainstream luxury watch brands. And now, you know, the independent watch brands. Um, you know, whether it be Lauren Ferrier, H. Moser, I mean, there are so many brands outside of the mainstream luxury brands, the independent brands that have become so desirable in steel. Again, they make most of their watches are in precious metals, but the ones that everybody wants, the ones that the, the real premiums are on are their stainless steel versions, simply because it's not Something they produce a lot of, so they've kind of flipped the script. It used to be where, oh, we only make a few, few in rose gold, a few in in platinum, a few in yellow gold, a few in white gold, and now it's like, no, for these brands, uh, the majority of their watches are made in precious metals, and they make a few in stainless steel. So they've literally flipped the script on a brand like Rolex, which is probably eighty percent stainless steel the fact that they're still able to get command such crazy premiums is just mind blowing to me and hey hey, if it ain't broken don't fix it right it's like it's a proven formula aside from the royal oak collection the Audemars Piguet royal oak collection most of their watches are in precious metals or made out of ceramic or forged carbon or you know rose gold whatever whatever the other materials that are available in So the commoditization of steel is such an interesting thing that these watch companies have now used and are laughing all the way to the bank. And it's just when I was younger and in retail, you know, stainless steel, we took for granted how readily available it was, even though at that time they made less watches than they do now. Um, and now it's like, even you want simple Tudor watt, even in the three to $5,000 price points, um, where most of their watches are stainless steel, some of them, some of the brands, they're the most coveted, you know, there are premiums on those also. You know, a lot of people may wonder why this is happening. It's because they've been able to manipulate the perception that, you know, stainless steel, even though it is the most accessible it is the most desirable because it it also takes the most impact. It takes the most shock. It's the most wearable. It's the most it's the best in terms of utility and functionality and and everything else. So I don't see it slowing down uh, anytime soon. But it's just so interesting that yeah, the, you know, platinum, uh, white gold, yellow gold, rose gold. Of course, they're still very desirable amongst. the the elite higher-end luxury watch brands um, and certain models, but nowhere near as desirable as the stainless steel watches that we're seeing in the last five or 10 years from some of the greatest mainstream luxury brands and independent brands. So I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about, and I uh, wanted to shed some light on it. Rock on, fly back, and stay healthy.